Today's episode is from a new podcast I have started to co-host called Drive to Wealth. Check it out. This is this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's, it's speed and reducing the friction. And when you reduce friction and you increase speed is where you make money. Building in public something that we have seen uh through the likes of people like sam parr from the hustle that was acquired by hubspot who ho- who co-hosts uh, a podcast that both nicholas and i listen to and we really love called my first million other people like that include uh steph smith banner bear and mr beast so why would you why would someone want to build in public and why would someone maybe not want to build in public? Should we talk about the advantages and the disadvantages and how it could help you and how it could also potentially hold you back? So I think first we should start of how we got the idea of anything uh, talking about it. The only reason I got the idea about building in public is Sam Parr. Um, I listened to his podcast, My First Million, and uh, he has people like he's interviewing people with uh, his co-host uh, Sean and I thought building in public is quite interesting then I found Banabir uh, which he made some incredible notes of what he was struggling with what this entire timeline looked like and uh, that inspired me to actually think about it more in detail so it definitely holds you accountable yeah Um, definitely yeah and we will put these links in the show notes by the way so that you can go and uh, check it out so banner beer i know i haven't looked into it that much but i can see like he was very very transparent on how he was basically he wanted to get to what was it a million pound uh a million dollars sorry recurring revenue uh annual recurring revenue or arr which is obviously an amazing thing to say, okay, if you can have actual recurring revenue, the idea there is that you're not exchanging one unit of time for one unit of money, essentially. And everyone should really be going towards some sort of recurring revenue stream towards, uh, because otherwise you're never going to be able to retire, are you? But yeah, let's go back to um, building in public. So yeah, it holds, your, it holds you accountable. And I think this is a huge thing when you have other people sort of checking up on you um i feel like that really that is really sort of helps a lot of people because i feel that from when we've grown up especially in western society and school and things like that uh we're sort of always being told what to do so when you come out into adulthood and you're uh in the big bad world or big good world we should call it um you know or the world full of opportunity there's no one here telling you brush your teeth every day or anything like that but it comes down to you and uh, it can be harder for people sometimes because they're just used to other people telling them what to do, what time to get up, what time to go to school, what time your lesson is, what time to eat, all of this stuff. And then even like when you're younger than that, your parents were telling you when you eventually got into your first job, then your first job, your second job, your third job, they all did, dictated this. Uh, but to bring it into your own sort of hands and uh, do it is something that people find tricky. So that's why maybe having a public audience not it doesn't even have to be a specific individual it's more so like uh that you're just putting yourself out there no there's it's highly unlikely someone's going to actually message you and be like oh you said you were going to do 
10 cold emails today and you didn't do it um that's unlikely especially if you like with banner there and things like that where it's just a website and i'm and i'm not sure i mean maybe you know a bit more people can actually pitch in and message the guy and say look you're not doing what you said you was going to do i think it's more of a personal thing to say you're putting yourself out there now you're accountable and now you have some sort of um I don't know what the yeah, just holding yourself accountable, right? So you actually get the work done. Yeah, you actually make a good point. Um, none of those people who built in public said anything, anything what they are going to do. That's I think this is one of the key things I just realized they did not do. What they did, and I think building in public, and this is what it comes down to. I think it's not necessarily about the public. It's more about you just document it online so you have you and other people have access to it if they want to. For example, me, I was interested in Banabir because they brought it up uh, through Steph Smith. Uh, she is also like, it's all about startups, um, just to clarify here. Um, Banabir is a SaaS company. Steph Smith, she is a, uh, also like a coder. Uh, like a indie hacker. So for and people that don't know, what is SaaS? What is a SaaS company? It's a software as a service. Uh, what Google? Uh, what what what's a good example? Google Workspace. That's what we just talked about <laughs> before yeah. recording. Yeah. Uh, or Zoom. This is all a service that's being provided. As yeah. software and technology in general. Uh, is you know is where a lot of money can be made. It's it's really blowing up at the moment, and uh, and we can see a lot of benefits, unlimited benefits, really, from different softwares that can automate everything and uh, help people with everything. Like for example, I know that in the UK here, so uh, a little bit of background. I'm based in the UK. Nicholas is based in Oakland, right, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Here, we've recently had, in the last year or so, a software come up called Booksy, which basically allows people to book their haircuts from a time slot uh, through their phone, rather than turning up to the hairdresser and waiting. And uh, I've seen it personally. If you are waiting there and you're next in line, people may come up and they'll say, oh, there's a couple of people in the queue. I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. And in many, many towns, uh, you see that, in fact, there's two, three, four, five hairdressers or barbers within a very close vicinity, maybe like a five minute walk. So by doing something like Booksy, it helps both the consumer and the um, and the you know the service provider, the hairdressers or the barbers. It helps them both uh, to have more certainty essentially, and it saves a lot of time as well. So you don't have to sit there and wait around. You don't have to block out two hours for a half an hour haircut because you think you're going to be waiting there for an hour and a half. People are very picky as well. Like you want to have someone that, uh, you know, can actually make you look half decent. And um, for those of you watching on video, yeah, I need a haircut. I know. Don't worry. I am well aware of it. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, you want to go to like, you know, the guy, your regular person, essentially. And by having a software like that really does provide value. And this is where we can see that you or anyone else can make a software document it as you're building it and also learn off other people that have documented it and then build up a software that can help millions of people yes 
Yeah, the, the, this is what software does. It's basically or essentially helping to make life more convenient. I think that's it all comes down to um, or make you more money. But it's more about convenience, to be honest. It's just about conven- a lot of it is convenience and automation. And uh, yeah. just yeah. I mean, like, look, we we're talking right now um, on other sides of the world using software, right? How much more convenient is that rather than me having to spend a grand coming over to you or you spend a grand coming over to me getting flights and accommodation? It would be more fun. Sorry? It would be more fun if you come over here. It would be. be, Yeah, it would be more fun, but uh, less convenient, I guess. And um, we will probably do an episode in person at one point in time. But yeah, Yeah. it it brings it. This is is what it's all about, isn't it? It's, It's speed and reducing the friction. And when you reduce friction and you increase speed is where you make money or yeah. where things change, essentially. Like, for example, a long time ago, we may have to write checks and send it by post and then the bank would verify the check and the money would come in with five working days. Now you can just send it over bank transfer and it comes in within five minutes. Whoever made that system, I put money on that they're at least a multimillionaire, if not a billionaire, because that system and... Um, they just do those sorts of things that, uh, you know, that help millions of people reduce the friction, millions, if not billions of people reduce the friction, reduce the time, save everyone time and money, essentially. Yeah. Now we're seeing cryptocurrencies, which may even reduce that even further. Yes. Let's, yeah. let's talk about the documenting process of like building in public. Let's uh, heading back to, uh, back to, Building in public, what did I find in the last week was incredible, amazing. I, I don't think that's English now, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> just context, I'm originally from Germany, so it's, I live here in the, in, in the California, coast, uh, California coast here. Um, yeah. Anyways, I found a few tricks and because I was so interested in building a public, because I have um, a set goal in the automotive industry and I want to build in public and I said, okay, I want to have this documented. I want to show, now I don't even want to show, I just want to remind myself of what I did and what I had to encounter and what I had to face and change in order to get where, I go, where I'm going to be. There are a few things you can do. Uh, one is Twitter. Uh, I found Twitter is the most easiest way to hold um, value in terms of your progress. This is what John Fuck, I don't know how you pronounce his name, I'm sorry, uh, the founder of Boots, uh, the Banabeer bootstrapping business. Um, he, like, he is posting, like he's tweeting um, on a daily basis but more about his progress and what he was going through and stuff like this. And then at the end of the week or end of the month, he's basically crunching all the the tweets and just sorting out everything useless and just having the most important tweets on his website, essentially. On his website, yeah. I think the value of being held accountable is... is, um... And I think it's it's a lot, a lot of it is about consistency. So, for example, if you had a website where every single week you post an update on the challenges you're facing in the business you're trying to build or the things that you've accomplished, 
Uh, now, people that watch that or subscribe to your weekly newsletter, if one week you don't do it, then um, people are going to start, you know, asking questions. And I think that that really will help you to stay consistent. And we know both of us being business owners is that the consistency is key. And you could be working at something for years, you know, five, 10 years. You have the 10,000 hour rule, which is the equivalent of around, what, 10 years or so to become an expert or build an income stream or build a business. Um, so, yeah, I think that that is, is of huge value. To document your progress as well is of huge value as well, not just to yourself, for you to look back and feel gratification that you've moved in a positive direction. You can look at it and you can say, well, two years ago, I was struggling with this. Now, if I had a similar challenge that came up, I'd be able to fix it immediately because of all of the stuff I've learned over the last few years. Other people are seeing the progress as well. Like you then also learning off other people, like going on Banner Bear, having a look on there, or other people that are, yeah, you know, you may just be a year ahead or even six months ahead or even a month ahead of someone else, but then they can go and look at your stuff, learn off you and build something as well. And then, and together we improve the world as a whole. Yeah, definitely. And it's also, there's also the potential of going viral. But I think this is just part of the journey because if you are consistent, you will show up one way or another. Um, and at the best example, I, hands down, it's Mr. Beast. I was curious, that was two years ago. Two years ago, I was very curious, how did Mr. Beast get so successful with like YouTube. So I was like scroll you can today, to this day, you can go on his channel, sort by oldest videos, and look at the first video he put out. Absolutely trash, absolutely useless information, just terrible. Just terrible. But it's so good to see that he just started. He just That's it. Just went start. Off. Just start. And you can't expect and to be great when you first start. Not it's not even I don't think he was oh, actually in his in, in the podcast where he was uh, with uh he was on the podcast of my first million. Um he he was mentioning that his uh, the only thing he was interested in was making the best YouTube video. Yeah. <clears throat> and he, he was obsessed with it, right? From what I remember, I listened to this episode some weeks ago now, but I think he was, he was like really like, he was really obsessed with it to a certain extent that uh, I think I remember they were mentioning some stuff in the other episode, the host, and uh, he had no idea about it because he had basically just thrown him whole, his whole self into making videos and he became a huge success from that. So it makes you think yeah. if you were to eliminate all distractions in your life, and focus on the one big thing and this is what opened my eyes this is where i said okay this is something very important to see because he i i mean this is sort of building in public he was just publishing it so the his obsession was yes the perfect video but i need to say he always published though yeah he, he always... still published even though that it wasn't quote unquote perfect yeah. Until he figured out what's most clickable, most viewable, most follow throughable. Um, and then he even had a video where he was, um, I think that was on the podcast. Uh, what's the podcast from Logan Paul? Uh, Impulsive. 
impulsive is the, is the podcast. And so he was on that podcast too. And he talked about this, this one video where he uploaded a video where he basically just had one screen. It was just a picture and said, if this, if this video gets out 1 million views, that's it. And then he's talking about, okay, if this video gets a hundred million views, uh, or a million views, abuse, um, I'm going to do something very special and I want to do something very, very cool. And I just want to see if that works, but if not, oh, well, that like, it's really 38 seconds. He's just talking about this and that's it. Um, obviously back then it didn't reach a million views, but it was about, I don't know, 2000 views or something like this. So he made another video where he said, okay, guys, I know it doesn't look great or something like this. And he was talking about, um, you know, making some promises or whatnot, so getting clickbaits and stuff. And he was trying algorithms where he said, like subscribe for, 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 follow for more at the very last second. Um, I, I gotta take a look if, if I can find the video, but I, I want to show this to you. Yeah, maybe um, we can leave a link to but it. it, it was just yeah, uh, and I that just showed me he tried, so he is obsessed with the perfect video, but he publishes it and then he views it and he's reflecting on, okay. And I think there's a massive track. lesson to be learned there, really, is because we are, we are at least in the, from what I saw growing up in in the UK and in school, it was sort of a mentality that you want to show that you're perfect without showing any effort. And we know that that is, that is not realistic. That's not a realistic expectation. And uh, to remove yourself from that expectation is uh, highly valuable, I would say. And when you have someone like Mr. Beast who says, yeah, I want to make amazing videos, but still publishing his crap videos, or the videos at the beginning, which maybe were not as good. He didn't have such a high budget. You couldn't have like 10, 15 cameras or whatever it is, you know, but he's still publishing. And there, there you know, like, look, at the end of the day, you can't ever expect to be amazing at something from the get-go. Even the world, even the world professionals in any sport, in any industry, maybe they had talent, yeah. But if that talent is not nurtured and if you're not working towards it and constantly improving it, then you're nothing. Talent will only take you a little bit of the way, but hard work will always tr trump that. Yes, and I, I need to make it very, very clear. Um, talent is useless. And I speak from ex experience. Talent brings you in big trouble because you sit on talent while other people work hard to get that skill. But once it's trained, it's unbeatable. Uh, two examples. Grant Cardone. He sucked at sales. And look at him now. He has a billion-dollar company in real estate. His personal assets are exceeding a billion dollars, I think it was, uh, last year. That just shows he sucked at sales. He's not talented in sales but he understood and he had to learn what it takes to be a great salesperson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm. Uh, acting skills were terrible. Um, he talked about this, um, I think in an interview, what I've seen some somewhere, I, don't, I, I unfortunately don't remember. 
But he, he mentioned also, he was in Hawaii. Uh, he grew up there, I think. And uh, then he said, okay, I'm, I'm a wrestler. That's fine. But I, wrestling is just can just get you so far. I want to be on screens everywhere. And he went to Hollywood. And then he said, well, I'm here now. Uh, I want to be the next, uh, what did he say? He said, I want to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. I want to be uh, Mr. I don't know Rambo. Not Rambo was uh, Sylvester Stallone. Terminator. He said, "I want to be the next Terminator," but then Hollywood told him, "No, you suck. <laughs> you know, you're you're too big. You're you can't be used for any like serious scenes. It's not. Mm. It's the wrong time for you." And The Rock said this. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do this. Mm. And he 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 did apply it and he went for like auditions and stuff like that until he met someone. But he stayed consistent with it. And he, and he yeah, exactly. And you stay consistent. And you never and know when that breakthrough is gonna happen. Yeah. And he also said he wished he would have had some sort of kind of like a journal kind of thing, but he doesn't. He on that's all his memories, but it's not really documented um, by the day. It's more now it's written down or m- like mentioned in like storytelling, but not really in documentation. And I think yeah. this is very valuable to people who are in similar shoes. I mean, I'm not, uh, but somebody else might be. Or maybe someone is extremely tall, want to be in Hollywood, or you know, yeah, like it's true. Could be a very good example documentation of what. And it's a role model. It's a role model. It's someone for people to look up to and say, "Wow, if they can do it, I can do it." And it's true. You can do anything that anyone else, any other human, has done throughout history. It is possible. Um, and but that, but it is possible. But it may not be possible right now. However, through training, discipline, and consistency, you can get there. Yeah, you will eventually get there. It's not even a question if, it's just a question of when. Yeah, exactly. You put it, I mean, yeah, I think that consistency really is, it is un, it's underrated. And, um, and in this today's age of let's get everything right now, instant gratification, you know, scrolling on Instagram or TikTok, you're constantly being bombarded uh, by essentially sensory input. And and everyone wants everything right now. We want to be an overnight success. We want that Lambo tomorrow and everything. But the reality is, is that, yeah, it may work for some. However, for the majority, it's unlikely to happen. And for the people that did it, that it did happen overnight or seemingly overnight, uh, we're almost blind to see the last 10 years of that person's life to say, oh, okay, he, he created a company that blew up overnight, but then he's also created 10 companies before that failed, right? Yes, and I think that there there's, there's another, another great, great example, example, a very great example that symbolizes this, what you just mentioned, Mr. Beast. Do you know when he started recording videos or like having a YouTube channel? He was 10 years old. He was 10 years old. And he must be, what, 28 now or something? Yeah, he's, I think, 20s. So he's 24. 
apparently. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So he's almost so almost ten years ago, and he opened up his second channel, that, which is what we can see now. And um, before that, he just uploaded some stupid videos about skating and stuff. Um, but he didn't. He was embarrassed because his classmates uh, mocked him. So he deleted his account. That's why he don't have this uh, that two year period. But he he started with ten years. We also put like a link down down below on, on his channel, so you can just take a look at the first few videos. He started with gaming, but uh, he started when he was ten years old. Do you know what I did when I was ten? I was trying to play outside. <laughs> You know, I just wanted to play. I wanted to be outside. Like, I have no... I had no... Dis- I did not know... I don't even know... Okay. I need to rephrase this because when I was 10 years old, YouTube was not around. But still, the the passion, the stuff that he had when he was 10 years old, or 11, 12, um, he, he dedicated his childhood to this. So the question is, are you willing to dedicate your time, your your social life to this or not? Also, it's, it's worth mentioning that YouTube was only made in 2005. It only launched in 2005. And Mr. Beast at 10 years old would have been, that would have taken you up to 2008. So YouTube was only three, year old, three years old then. And most likely a lot of people didn't even hadn't even heard of it. So yeah. to see that potential is amazing, really. Or to feel like there is some sort of potential is, is amazing, really. Yes. Here's a PSA here. If you're a younger kid or younger adult, hop on the freshest and newest platform that is around in social media. If you want to be some, somewhere in the public uh, and if you want to go viral, go to the two so go to two platforms one is the freshest one which is right now tiktok i would say and then go to a public one where you know people hang out which is instagram go to those two and try everything and every second you have on the waking time to produce content and the thing is do not consume anything because the moment you consume you you lose time to actually build something. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's that's just one thing. I um, was talking the other day to my mom, and I was saying, like, I told her about the idea of building in public, and I want to have, like, everything shared from finances to, uh, you know, personal life and love life and, like, pretty much everything. Uh, my friends, uh, circle of friends, how they change and evolve... And then my mom said, well, do you think this is a good idea? And I think, I said, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great idea. Um, first, I see what I did. Second, um, if I slack today, I can see it tomorrow. <laughs> you know, and I can adjust my, uh, I can, I can adjust my accountability. But also... I can inspire people who are in similar shoes. And I think what I discovered is I'm not special. Um, we are millennials and we get taught yeah. that we are special. And uh, the truth is we are not. We are all the same kind of human um, that want to feel special, that believe, truly believe we are special. But there are millions of people who are in the same shoes as you are. 
And this is something you gotta. And there's millions of people about. out there that are in in a worse position than you, but yet have done more. And at the same time, there's people who have got, who you know, you're in the middle of it. Really, there's people that are behind you, and there's people that are ahead of you. So for the ones that are behind you, you can feel grateful that you you're no longer in that position, or you never started in that position. And for the ones ahead of you, you can feel like, okay, I have somewhere to grow towards. I have some sort of aim. And um, yeah. I would encourage everyone to have an aim because if you don't have an aim, you are essentially subject to other people's goals and they will use you and lose you. And by the time you're 50, yeah. 60 years old, you realize, wow, I never actually did anything for me. For me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that brings me to the point where I noticed that there are some objections out there if you think, okay, building in public is not the best idea. And I also talked to one of my friends. Uh, she owns an e-commerce store. Uh, she lives in New York, but he, she was she was saying, "I don't want p. I want I don't want to create envy, and I don't think people deserve all the information about myself." And so that this it's a privacy concern, obviously. Yeah. So uh, what so is I would say uh, that is the biggest objection to building in public is privacy. And yeah. essentially, well, you don't necessarily have to give all of your secrets away. You obviously choose what you put out. And uh, yeah, privacy is a big thing, I guess. And um, but you know, how how private is your life really? We can go and talk here for hours about conspiracy theories, we can talk for hours about how your phone might be looking at you right now. And doing all of this sort of stuff, um, but really, who cares? I mean, yeah, it might happen, it might not happen, and it's it's sometimes it's fun to talk about it, but the reality is is that work needs to be done, and it's kind of a waste of time thinking about these things which you can't change, or which um, is highly unlikely that you even well you could dedicate a lot of time to changing it, but are you going to do that? I'm not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's so true, but it's also it really depends. Okay, so here here's the thing. I I would I would give this the rule of thumb. If you want to go big, you will be known. As simple as that. Mm. So get comfortable with it. If you don't yeah, want to get exactly. big, you don't need to build in public. I mean, I think mm. so. Building in public for me, I know where I will be, and in ten years. I will be known by millions of people. If I want it or not, I know what I want and tens of millions of people are watching this stuff. I will yeah. be in public. So I That's a very good point. Well. That's a very good point. Um, if you so, want to do something great, you're probably going to be known. And if you don't, yeah. there's no reason to build in public. And I think uh, we have some great examples like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett. Mm. Although Warren Buffett managed to be very quiet and very private uh, which is very incredible but other than that everyone is publicly in the media so it's, it's like true it's, it's yeah. very true i mean like look for example yeah okay if you're gonna go and you're gonna build a company that is listed anyone can find out who you are if you're gonna go and even you're gonna build a company that's not listed a private company yeah Still, anyone can find out who you are. All it takes is just a little bit of knowledge, and then you can find yeah. out everything. And a private detective, because uh, basically what I found out is a lot of 
back in the days, it was back in the days. I don't know if that's true to now, but um, back in the days, um, I read an article the other day where people <laughs> hired private uh, detectives to find out the dark secrets about their competitors mm. and then just make some arrangements that certain segments of the market will be left off. I can't see that's true. If it's true, I don't know. I haven't been in that time, but um, I can imagine it was true because it's it's today. It's not yeah, nothing no, else. But I think things are changing now. Not... We're realizing that really competitors, you can learn off your competitors. Really, they teach you things. And really, uh, not only can you learn of them, is that you could collaborate with them and build something greater than you. In, it's synergy, right? One plus one equals three. You can work with a competitor. Yeah. competitor and uh, build something greater than you could have done by yourself. You're winning. I mean, what yeah. what do they say, isn't it? It's better to have a, a slice of a pizza. No, it's better to have half of a pizza than, you know, um, or no, a, it's like it's better to have 50% off a lot rather than 100% off a little, essentially. Kind of butchered that. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know how the quote goes, but I. Uh, I remember something similar. Uh, something uh, like that, right? Something like that, right? Yeah. But yeah, um, I think we covered everything for today. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that we pretty much covered it, and I feel like, well, let us know in the comments or whatever if we have missed anything, or if there's any other advantages you think of, or any other disadvantages you think of. Because all I see is the biggest disadvantage is privacy. If you want to build something great, you will be in a public eye anyway, which is a great point to make, which is something I actually didn't think of them before. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks yeah. for watching and uh, listening. And um, yeah, uh, I guess we'll, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we hope to see you on the next episode.